Welcome to Chess Talk in the Morning. It's the morning talk show, everyone's favorite chess talk show across the nation. Welcome to the show. We're here, 153, recording early, Saturday morning. Spoilers. We got... <laughs> Spoilers. Uh, we got Carlos. Hi. Where'd you get him? Off the street, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> he just rolled out of bed and now he's here. I uh, My alarm went off and my bed went into a secret hole where oh. I slid off it. And I just ended up uh, uh, here. <laughs> That's convenient. That's super convenient. Save on gas. Slick deal. Rob is also here, as you can I, hear. I am here. Also barely awake, as I can see. Jesus. What time did you wake up today? No, I'm just really hungover. It's fine. Perfect. Yeah. I've, been hung, I've, been hung, I've been hungover twice this week, and it's only Saturday. I thought you were going to so, say you've been hungover since you got there. I, that's, it, honestly, after the third week, it's legitimately like felt like I've any, any non-work day, I'm hungover the next day. Jesus. Yeah. Are That's you okay, normal. Rob? <laughs> there are all these young youngins want to go out drinking all the time and my body can't handle it. Then don't go out. But then what am I going to do? I don't have any video games to play. So I'd be sitting here <laughs> staring at true. the wall. Watch shows. <sighs> watch shows. Oh there's so God. much. Literally, there's like, there's like 40 breweries in the city. Like, it's yeah. hard not it's to cool. go. I saw, I, okay, so I didn't go to Bimbo's, but I saw Bimbo's last night. I did see it. You saw it. Good job. Did you That's... get coffee next door? To get coffee next door, I did not. It was it was like one o'clock in the morning. Oh Jesus! Okay, so perfect no. time for coffee. <laughs> Whatever. I, Talk would to me be. when you get tacos. Okay, we're gonna be talking about some television shows, some news, some old, some music, and then gonna end with the Ant Man discussion. But we'll give spoilers. Uh, we'll tell you when it's spoilers, though. Hella, I figured we could start off talking about Westworld season one because Britt Ooh. and I finished that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so spoilers for that year old show. I'll put it in the description. So if, if you don't want to hear. Spoilers about this. Be warned. What'd you think, Britt? I, it made me feel dumb. And I don't know if that was just because they were really smart about it or they were trying too hard to be like, I'm 14 and this is deep. But overall, I really enjoyed it. It's just like they were trying really hard to be this like deep, complex thing, but maybe like I just didn't get it. But I definitely enjoyed it. Does that make sense? I get it. I get what you're saying. Thanks. It was definitely a quality show. Like it was beautifully made and the acting was great dialogue was great there was no complaints just fuck it was a confusing ball of something yeah it's gonna be like that we started season two we're two episodes into season two oh my gosh and it's like i was like cool we have answers to things when we finish the season and then they're like nope (laughs) nothing makes sense anymore yeah i remember the first episode discussion of season two the top comment was like you think the writers are like, let's see them figure this shit out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's how they started the season. So overall, you had nothing but positives? Nothing but positives, except for like, I felt like they dragged on some of the plot too much. It just felt a little slower than I would like, but like everyone else I've talked to about that, like that's just HBO, which I get it. It's the world building. It was worth seeing like the world. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, it's cool to see these NPCs that actually have like personalities and how they develop and adapt or like interact with this world in different situations. But do they have personalities or are they all just manufactured? That's that's the big question. Whoa. That's Whoa. the joke. <laughs> I don't know. It was cool. You liked it, right, Carlos? You saw it like when it came out. I liked it a lot. Uh, I kind of agree with Brittany where like some of it dragged on for too long. And I thought some of the reveals were really rushed. Uh, do you think it was a little predictable at times? 
with like the twists also with uh, william oh, i called out instantly yeah like what, from the... episode two he was like i think william's the man in black yeah i was like i think this is a flashback and there's two oh. timelines going on i was like instantly i was like this is what's happening yeah that's when i kind of got it too yeah and it's like and then there were but there were some scenes that were like that didn't have william to kind of like anchor the fact that it was taking place in the past so those would kind of confuse me until I'd be like, oh, well, okay. Mm-hmm. I kind of stopped thinking about it sometimes and just kind of... Watching it as the characters. Ride. I never really, like, tried to piece that together, but after you said it, like, I tried to look for clues and it really didn't become, like, blatantly obvious until, like, episode eight or nine when William, like, loses his mind and, like, kills all those hosts and they all have, like, the old model of technology mm-hmm. that built them. Right. They were just like, this is weird. They tried to throw you off and make you think that it wasn't, but then they explained it with like, oh, Dolores just always does this shit. Mm-hmm. Like, this is her loop. This is what she does. She goes crazy and tries yeah. to figure out the maze, but usually fails. Yeah. You're in for a treat for season two. <laughs> does it, like, just make it even more confusing, or does it actually, like, give you something to, like, feel satisfied by getting answers to? It's like Game of... It's, I, think it's, it's, I think it's like Game of Thrones. There's there's always going to be, like, a satisfactory element to most of the episodes where, like, there is some sort of resolution, but there's still going to be that overarching plot that is still kind of... Not... I, I would say confusing, but I don't think that's the right word for it, and I don't think convoluted is right either. Maybe contrived. Another C word we can use there. Is that sometimes take too long in season two to, to get to the point? But there is there are payoffs uh, throughout the season, which is nice mm-hmm. for the, the overarching story as well. Do they ever explain? Because this is my biggest issue with season one is how they just kind of go through the facility and kill everyone, and then they kind of continue that thread in season two. Like, how does a handful of robots? with no real training, take out what seems like an entire military's worth of security guards with automatic weapons. That I can't really let go about season one and the start of this season. It just seems like they're like, eh, fuck it. We need them to take over. So we're going to have two hosts take out guards that are, they know the hosts are bad. They know that they're in here. They know that they have weapons, but let's have them slowly walk up until the hosts find them and then shoot them. And then they die instantly. I I think... I think that's kind of, it's not really completely clarified, but I think the issue is they were never adequately prepared to deal with this. And if I recall correctly, season one, they like disable some sort of security measures. And so that helps them move more agile than they ordinarily would have. That's also stupid because how the fuck is it not notified instantly as soon as something is disabled? How it's not the Asian guy, the butcher, like he's, he's not it person he doesn't know how to disable these features and you would imagine this high-tech facility would be like oh my god something's being turned off we need to take care of this like there would be alerts going off within seconds of features of their security system going offline and they just don't even address that and it's like what they we can't see sector blah why did that happen i i get what you're saying but i think the bigger point is that they never anticipated sentience so that behavior for this yeah this is like a completely unknown situation they would never would have encountered and then it just kind of pops then off why do they have what seems like an army in the facility i think it seems like an army. i don't think it's as big as it seems i think that's why there were dozens if not like a hundred armed corpses uh, it's it's not as many as you think and i think just be the lack of preparedness i think is the is the bigger issue or especially like... considering that this, the, the ais are far more superior to humans in their uh, acuity of doing things 
it might not even be true, but like the way I've been trying to think about it is like, okay, Ford's been planning this for a long time. Maybe yeah. he made it so like there would be no alerts if they shut down security in some specific yeah, spot. Is, like, I just I feel like there was something like that's that. That's the easiest way to explain it, even if it's not true. They, it's like, okay, they, Ford probably planned all this. In season one, don't they like discover that Ford had been like missing with some sort of code, and had never been like notified? Or when they updated the AI. Ford just put like a bunch of strings of code into it. No, it was Arnold. Like Arnold's oh. code was like going. Yeah, reveries. Yeah. That was Arnold. Yeah. Wait, I, thought, I thought the reveries were Ford. Put they in. tried to blame it on Ford, but it was Arnold. Like they said in like the last episode, like that was Arnold's doing because mm-hmm. he was trying to make them gain yeah. consciousness and be real people. Okay, but then yeah, but they, this is that at all Arnold's doing then ultimately. So far, kind of. Well, I mean, the killing—that's Ford's fault. Yeah. But until they like, they come made out... you think that Ford didn't agree with Arnold about the host needing to yeah. have consciousness. But well, yeah, then he was. I don't think he did initially. I think that was something he came around to, and that's yeah. why he did what he did in this first season. I but... think it was interesting, like, because Arnold was so set on like they need to have consciousness. They are sentient. Like Dol- Dolores didn't choose to kill Arnold. He kind of made her kill yeah. him. Yeah. Whereas she chose to kill Ford. Yeah, he like, explained. Ford was like, you can do this. You can choose to do this, I think, is what happened. Well, it also has to do with the fact that she is also Wyatt, because that's mm-hmm. Wyatt's entire character is... So do you think she still hasn't reached consciousness? This is just another storyline? Essentially. Okay. I think this is just Dolores's need to have more of a life combined with Wyatt's need to control everything. It just mm-hmm. combines into, I need to control both my world and the other world i think that's what's happening with dolores so you don't think she's season two spoilers conscious <sighs> she's close i don't think she's actually conscious though okay i think this, this is, is all another loop <laughs> not a loop but like this is all just her code kind of going amok okay. and just like taking because that's how their code is built like it builds on top of each other and that's how you become AI. like you give them like the framework and then the code takes care of the rest and i think mm-hmm. that's a, that that's just what's happening mm-hmm. she's just kind of improvising so much of what's happening but mm-hmm. ultimately it's built on these two characters and mm-hmm. she even like references that like she has two parts of herself mm-hmm. and the combination of the two is what's making this happen neat <laughs> well like she, she has those like dream sequences and i think that's slowly that's her slowly like becoming more sentient because they're like essentially dreams and the more she's able to control and become lucid the closer she is to getting sentience. Yeah, I think she's close. I just don't know if she's 100% mm-hmm. conscious yet. Do you think Maeve is sentient? Or do you think that no. she's in the storyline no, of her own? she's the worst part. No. <laughs> I like her. I like Maeve, too. I like the actress. I think she's doing a great job with the character. Oh, but yeah. Thank Newton's amazing. But I don't like the writing of this character. Because she's the impetus of the revolt and the killing of the people. And I just think it's... It's not coming from the best like place. Just writing-wise, yeah. Until they, like, explain it and, like, sit down and be like, okay, this is how, like, this is possible. I'm just going to be confused by it. Well, like, they kind of hinted towards it in the end of season one, I think, where, like, she thought she was becoming sentient. And then yeah. Bernard Arnold was like, no, someone messed with your code. Yeah. They, have, they haven't addressed it again. You think it's poorly written because they aren't explaining it, but, like, maybe they're saving that. Yeah. Because, like, someone is fucking with this code and she isn't sentient at all and this is just some weird storyline, maybe. Right. Yeah, and I'm not, like, you know, like this show is trash. Like, I hate yeah, this. Yeah. Like, I'm waiting until the show I just, I'll always wraps. defend Maeve. Yeah. I think the show, otherwise, like you said, the world building is cool. The hosts, mm-hmm. I think, are the most interesting characters. The humans are kind of whatever. But I, Logan. Maybe she's aware that, like, everything is 
how it is, <laughs> but to her, her memories are real mm-hmm. because that's how yeah. they were programmed into her. Yeah, she, she thinks her daughter is one hundred percent real and like and actually her daughter and yeah. not just a robot. Yeah, definitely. Rob, are we close to like? I'm just trying to stay stoic. I'm trying to stay stoic because I, I there I there are comments that I can make, but I, it's the you ride don't is fun. Spoil things. Yeah, yeah. The okay. ride is the ride is fun. So yeah. Cool. I'm excited to see where this goes. I'm sure I'll be finishing season two within a couple of weeks. It goes places. Is there any dogs? There are dogs. There, there are dogs in the show. Yeah. Is there? There's, there's other animals yeah. too. Have uh, you not yeah. watched season two yet, Carlos? Uh, the f- one in episodes one and two. Oh, okay. I mean, there are I dogs feel like in the first dogs season. would be like a weird animal to put in there because if like if if ghosts are if guests are just willing to just shoot a random like. And PC, I don't want to see that happen to dogs. It's yeah. just like... Well, I think at least the dogs so far, we've seen the one that was like Robert's family's dog, and that yeah. died. And then they're like kind of wolf type. Oh, like yeah. More I wolf the wolf dogs. Now. Yeah, that yeah. was in episode two, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are like wolves in the yeah. show. They're pretty. Any other thoughts on the show? No, not yet. We'll finish it, and then we'll do a season two mm-hmm. recap. Rob, does, um, does Snake Lady come back in season two? Snake lady. Armistice? Is that her name? I don't know. The the lady with the snake tattoo. Where's the tattoo at? All, All over, over her, her body, body and her <laughs> face. It like wraps around her body and ends on her face. Let me let me look. I, I, I want to see this. She She's was, one of like the bandits. Yeah, Hector's. Oh. Her. No spoilers. <laughs> oh, no, no spoilers. Rob. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no spoilers. No more okay, talking about this. So another show. I didn't, I didn't know what up. her name was, so that's why I was confused. I'm like, who are they talking about? Okay. Another show, uh, Luke Cage is in two, but we're not talking about that this week. We're probably going to talk about that next week. F y'all, we're not talking about it. Yeah, that, probably next week, mean. so we can finish it. Handmaid's Tale, Brit's watching it, and I watched the first episode. Mm-hmm. What did you think of the first episode? That's what I want to hear. So, um, <laughs> I think it's a. It seems like they put a lot of effort, at least in the first episode, and trying to build the world, and they give you enough, so you have a lot of questions without fully answering them right away, and so shows like they have all these threads that they can follow and it's first episode does a good job of making you want to watch more because you're like okay i can get what's happening but i don't fully understand it and so it like makes you want to keep watching to get the all the little details and things like that Mm -hmm. so i think it was a good first episode it doesn't like drown you with knowledge like i said it just like trickles yeah trickles a little bit at a time the pacing of the show is actually really good in that respect where they don't like keep you guessing for like an entire season like Westworld does and then confirm all your theories at the end like they slowly reveal more and more of like how this all started and what led to this and what are people's motivations and what were they like before this world changed into this like the pacing is probably the best part of it because you you're caught up the last episode will be airing Wednesday yes the season two finale airs on Wednesday what a ride it's been I think I watched the first eight episodes of the first season in one day and I spent that whole day crying oh my gosh it's so well done like it's a good mix of like dark humor and then just straight up brutality and like bleakness like it feels like there's no hope but like the humor and personality of some of the characters like gives you hope because they're still people. They're all people. They just... Things went to shit. Do you think it's probably the better show of the year to come out? Or do you uh, think it'll be your favorite show of the year? So far, at least? So far, I'm still holding out for BoJack Season 5. Because that got announced as well for uh, September. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. And that always like sneaks its way in and like destroys me. 
Um, but it's too real. That's why. Yeah, just this is definitely one of the best, better shows that have come out lately. It seems to come out of nowhere. It came out of nowhere, and like the whole cast is fantastic. Um, you get to see Von Strahovski's titty for Ooh. a minute in season two. <laughs> Ooh, I'm watching oh, it right man. now. I gotta watch. The yeah, now. yeah. I was like, how do I get these guys to that watch the show? That should have been the entire advertising uh, campaign. There's Ann Titty. <laughs> what else did I want to say? What did I say earlier? Titty. <laughs> oh yeah, her titty. Uh, no, Yvonne Strahovski is a pleasant surprise for me because mm-hmm. I've only seen her. She was in like a season of Twenty Four when I still watched that. She was in like, Chuck, I just thought right? she was just like an okay actress, but like, oh my god, she's like the Cersei of this show, where like you sympathize with her, but she's just a straight up like evil person, but like she's not evil. And there's layers. It's got there's look, layers. Like an she's onion. an ogre. She's an ogre, but like a beautiful ogre. A... <laughs> what are you saying about Shrek? <laughs> Shrek is a beautiful boy. Okay. Back off that man. One of my biggest concerns going into it is like I thought it was going to be very political and in your face, and it has its moments, but it's not too much where it's frustrating and feels heavy handed or derives like takes away from the show. It doesn't take away from the show, yeah. A lot of people say, like, oh, this is where America's heading, guys. We're just so close to this happening. And it's like, no, mm-mm. I think it's more of showing you like this is. A smaller version of this can happen in other parts of the world, and they're just making it set in America to like show you, like, so you can empathize with it better. Yeah. But I definitely recommend watching it. Yeah, like uh, I was saying, after I finish Luke Cage, because I'll finish that this week, and we can talk about that next week. I'll start watching Handmaid's Tale, Mm -hmm. and once I finish that up, we can get into more spoiler. They do a really great job. Uh, I think the surprise for me was Alexis Bledel is in it, and she actually does a fantastic performance. For a serious role. Yeah, like, I, she's Rory Gilmore to me. She seems like a different person in this, and it's great. How is uh, Ralph Fiennes' brother? Ray Fiennes' brother? So, I'm, shit, is, I'm, I'm the worst. I don't know who is the more evil character. Voldemort or Joseph Fiennes' character. Okay, okay. Uh, he does an amazing job of, like, being really, like, charming, but also, like, terrifying, if that makes sense. Yes. He's a charismatic, evil person. He is a standout as well. It's such a good quality cast. Like, they're all so perfect in their roles. I just recommend it. I don't want to spoil anything because it's fun to watch it all happen. Well, it's not fun, but... God. It's, Fuck these people. They it's an it. emotional ride. Please I'm, watch it. I'm glad you like it. Please someone else watch it. <laughs> so I don't just sit here talking to no one. In a corner just forever. Just... Yes. I'll consider it. I'll mm-hmm. browse the Wikipedia extensively. <laughs> You'll read the plot and you. be like, that was crazy. <laughs> you would... You would never know if I. But it's so much crazier to see these things happen. Anything else about HMT? No, I don't want to spoil anything. I'm just excited for the finale. Cool. I hope something happens to progress. Get your tissues ready for all your tears. For music, we listened to the first half of Drake. Who listened to the first half of Drake? We should have. Who did it? I listened to like I listened like I think eight of the songs. Okay. And then I listen to Ratchet because Tyler's <laughs> Ratchet Tyler's birthday. Ratchet yeah. birthday song. Yes, I Ratchet birthday. To... Ratchet happy birthday. That's I've what it's called. I listened to bits and pieces. Yeah, I wanted Tyler to be on, but he couldn't because work. He loved Ratchet happy birthday. That's all he wanted to say, I guess. Yeah. Unironically, he straight up loved that song. Yeah, it's a very Tyler song. But like, that's on the second half, so yeah. I'll 
try and wait until next week so we can have him on so we can just fangirl over it and do yeah. the do the noise <laughs> i just want to like find a way to show people what his reaction was yeah. to that song like so the first half it's a very it seems like a very typical drake album like if this was released on its own it would have been like a mediocre drake album and it wouldn't have been a slog that i think the entire album is just because it's like 90 minutes to listen to it in its entirety yeah yeah it's fine i think all the Pusha t stuff kind of like changed the marketing for this album and kind of killed it in its tracks and i think it makes a lot of the lyrical content seem weak because he tries to act like he's this huge like unstoppable force but it's like you just got destroyed like a month or two ago and i know on that needle drop review he talks about that a lot see so yeah, i was i was avoiding referencing needle drop because it's like you might as well watch his review on it yeah because he does a 20 minute review of like the entire album and he essentially goes like track by track and he's not a fan of it which i'm not too surprised by but i mean yeah it's fine like i said it's kind of a i think there's some boring songs definitely on the first half uh non-stop i'm upset it's pretty boring is there I'm more upset. yeah uh, the talk up is also kind of boring which sucks because that's the jay-z featured song but it's just these songs don't really do much they're not very exciting i think right uh, carrie's pretty good inner feature <laughs> that was the joke that's yeah the that's sample of a mariah carey song on the, song the best part he, of drake's album the song where he reveals his illegitimate child no, for like two seconds his child from the world yeah okay Okay, Aubrey. Some guy tried to convince Tyler and I that uh, Drake's son's middle name is uh, my bed. My bed. <laughs> so I only love my mama and my bed. Oh, no. God's playing hands a line. Uh, uh, saying yeah. he only loves his mom and his bed, truly. I think I've heard that theory online somewhere. I, th- I think somebody tried to make a joke and everybody kind of like, like... Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I didn't have too much to say, just that it's a okay Drake album. I'm not yeah. a huge fan of his. I thought you were. No, I... like, when we first met, like, you were all about Drake and Hotline Bling and all that. Like, that's all good. you and Eddie fucking listened to. Hotline Bling was really good. But... That was a really thought, catchy song. I thought it was a cool song. And that's... That was the year that... What a Time, and if you're reading this, it's too late. Like, that same year those came out, so that was, like, two really good Drake albums back-to-back, and then he puts out, like, this super successful pop song so it's like yeah there's a lot to talk about with Mm -hmm. drake because he's doing a lot of good things Mm -hmm. but other than that like he's fine Mm -hmm. i think he's a decent yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's about how i felt about it so far it's it's not awful by any means but like i was bored when i was listening to it yeah that's that probably compass it the best like it's just it, it exists I think it would do better if it wasn't a 20, like, five song album, if he really cut it down and made, like, a good 10 song album. It's the Marvel movie of rap albums. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But the theory is that he put out this many songs so it could count as two albums and so he could finish his record deal with Cash Money Records and finally be on his own. Uh, That could be huge. Because he may want to do his, like, I know a lot of rap artists, like, they try to do that. They get on their own and do their own thing and kind of be weird. He already has his own like label, the OVO, OVO Studios or whatever. It's just he can't actually put an album out under there. Yeah, th- yeah, exactly. So like, I know that may change what he does in the future. He may do some more. We start doing weird stuff. How like Kanye was able to do like a lot of like more experimental, different things. 
it's he's got a lot of freedom because I think when you have an, uh, an album with certain record groups, you're kind of stuck in a certain niche. Yeah, I I definitely get that, and I hope that he takes this finisher as a good way to do something different and not be as same as always, same old Aubrey. Same, same, but different. That's that. That's music. More music. Always music this week or these episodes. You guys ready for the movie discussion? Yes. Spoiler free first, so Rob doesn't have it ruined. Yeah. Ruined. Okay, I do. I, I have, I have one question though. When does this movie take place in terms of the Marvel Cinematic Universe? I mean, after Civil War. Before. Three years <laughs> after Civil War. After okay. Civil War, shortly before Infinity War. Yeah. Okay, so it's not okay. Oh, okay. That's all okay. I'm gonna say. That's okay. All we're gonna no, say. that's that's fair. That's fair. Okay. Overall, I think it was a good sequel. I don't think Ant Man is one of the like standout characters, and I think they're aware of that. But I think it's cool to have him have his own standalone movies because it's kind of a weird story to try and tell, just with how sciencey it is and how kind of out there the Pym particle and the quantum realm is. But the fact that they're willing to do this in one of their movies and not just like a TV show, I think is cool. I like that it's smaller scale. It's like a Spider-Man. Yeah. Okay. The sucks. It's like Spider-Man, the Netflix shows. Like It's not world-shattering conflict, but nope. it's like important to these characters. And that's refreshing to me. I don't want everything to be... Tony Stark has a lot of feelings about this thing. <laughs> the movie. <laughs> I miss my parents. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> that, that literally is Iron Man 3 right there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So, um, yeah. Really I find it refreshing to see this kind of thing. Because I just watched the first Ant-Man the other day Yeah. for the first time. It wasn't what I thought it would be. And it didn't feel like a Marvel movie. And I liked it. And this one definitely doesn't feel like a Marvel movie. Like, half the time you kind of forget. Yeah, I just was like, oh, it's about this guy who has, like, this cool suit that does science-y things. And I was like, oh, wait, he's a Marvel character. Yeah. It takes... It feels more like a heist, robbery, like, low, mm-hmm. low stakes it's so much better when it's self-contained because like you watch yeah. infinity war and like you kind of have to have like a cork cork board in your head of like string tying each thing together like like this is where thor has been this entire time this is yeah. where we saw the whole class mm-hmm. yeah and yeah this one it has references to older stuff but it's not like dependent and they explain anything that you might have missed like they talk about civil war and why he is where he is and why he's dealing with the consequences that he is like they don't leave you in the dark but they don't treat you like dumb like they don't constantly reference it i think that's that's huge you guys like the daughter a lot cassie yes i liked her better in this movie than the first one because she's more adult and she can act better yeah the acting was better that was the biggest thing like oh she almost made me cry Mm. (laughs) oh god that came out of nowhere in a very like light-hearted scene it was really I, I thought all the actors pulled the roles really well yeah tyler said that in the text like what he thought was gonna be like just a paul rudd movie mm-hmm. like everyone held their own and did a great job michael pena was the best part Absolutely. as always oh, I, I love michael Pena. he's such a good actor yeah he's, he's so fucking funny he's really funny in this one don't worry because well, it looks like he's like a banker or something now or a lawyer nope no <laughs> definitely he's not a, he's definitely in an office of some sort so i was like yes. that's yeah, sure that's weird is. Okay, yeah. see. it's really great. It's um, really funny. I don't think it's a spoiler. Just my biggest complaint is I felt like the best part of the first Ant Man were all the action sequences of them being of him being tiny and like 
especially like the end fight scene where he's like on the train tracks with in his daughter's bedroom and like it looks so epic when you're tiny with him and then for her perspective it's like nothing as big is happening and it's really funny there's a ghost falling over (laughs) yeah it's just like it looks like a toy fight but like they didn't do as much of that in this one yeah it was like there was almost no action in this one it kind of feels like there was it just wasn't the same Mm. we would talk about it i was like i remember one fight scene with the wasp and then there were a handful of fight scenes with ghost that was kind of it There wasn't any other big fight scenes. There was a lot of chase scenes, Mm -hmm. but no, like, cool changing size fight scenes that Mm -hmm. I really remember. That stood out to me. Well, that was my problem, that some of the fight scenes, it was was just, like, a person swinging in the air, and then Ant-Man or Wasp, like, growing big and small back Mm -hmm. again, and then... Like, really underutilizing the coolness of their powers. With the first one, there was, like, a a sense of scale of, like, how small he would get. Like, that whole sequence of the first time he shrinks when he, like falls through the crack in the floor and like goes through this whole like mess of being a tiny little ant it really confused me why they didn't utilize that as much because they had a bigger budget this time and i feel like they did less with it unless all their money had to go to like michelle pfeiffer (laughs) michelle pfeiffer yes she's expensive um ghosts like phasing was probably expensive and then like the quantum realm was probably expensive yeah but so i I wish they Wait, I'm like, I don't want to get too into it. I just feel like they didn't budget things well in that respect. If that makes sense. I, I mean, it does. And it's fine for me because Ant-Man isn't like a high-paced action movie. It never mm-hmm. was. So I'm fine with it not being. It was just weird that there was almost no action. Yeah. There was a lot of like exposition and running. Yeah. Lots of chase scenes. <laughs> okay. So spoilers. Uh, We'll be spoiling the new Ant-Man. It's going to be in the description. Biggest spoiler, big, probably the best part of the movie is the first end credit scene. Absolutely. When you see the snap take place and he's fucking trapped in the quantum realm. Oh my god, that's so scary. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. such a scary moment fucking for me. Terrifying to you, me. Like, you know that's going to be a huge part of the next Infinity War. Like, how does he get out of this, if he even does? The biggest theory that I've seen is, like, Michelle Pfeiffer's character mentioned offhand, like, stay away from the time vortex. And then, like, okay, so... <laughs> He's not going to stay away. How yeah. convenient. <laughs> yeah, like, this is my only way out, probably, because I have no idea what... He has no idea what happened. Like, mm-hmm. that's the scariest part, is, like... They were there. From and... him, his perspective, he could think, like, oh, they trapped me in here. <laughs> like, that's where my mind would go. <laughs> well, he probably wouldn't think that, because, like, why would they do that to him? Yeah. But he's like, fuck, something happened. Yeah. Like, why are they He has no here? idea what the hell is going on, and yeah. that's scary. And that's why with Rob, when he was like, what does this take place? I'm like, you know, mm-hmm. before Infinity War, kind of. Yeah. Type. But everyone knew that this had to happen in the end credits. Like, the snap mm-hmm. had to take place, otherwise this movie would just kind yeah. of feel so, so disconnected from everything yeah. else. And even the second end credits scene, which I don't really think is worth seeing, is cool that, like, you kind of pan over and it's you see... It's a little see, eerie. You see an emergency broadcast signal going on mm-hmm. in Scott's house. Mm-hmm. And the streets are kind of, like, empty. Does it show the streets? I thought it was just the house. I feel like you could see out the window when it oh. was, like, half of, like, the screen was, like, the TV. And then you could see, like, the windows. Yeah. I, um, I didn't... I couldn't focus on that because I feel like that went by really fast. Yeah. But the TV, like, it kind of lingered on the TV. Like, that yeah. stayed in the shot. That was eerie. It makes me more excited for Avengers 4. Captain Marvel. Avengers 4. Because Captain Marvel's taking place in the 90s, like... But it's leading into, and she's the savior of yeah. the Avengers, so yeah. she has to have some importance. Yeah. I liked that 
the villain wasn't exactly like some evil villain. She was just like. Well, they've been doing that a lot lately. Like a tragic. A tragic, not even villain. Not like an anti-hero or anything. Just someone relatable that isn't out for like world domination. Just they have their own personal problem they're trying to solve and someone else is getting in their way. I think they've just been doing, they've been focusing more on writing better villains, I think, and making them more relatable and giving yeah. them a reason to root for. Like mm-hmm. with Killmonger, with Thanos, like, mm-hmm. they've really been... Who wrote this one? I don't know. Okay. I think it's the same director from the first one after mm-hmm. Edgar Wright stepped off. My biggest gripes were, one, Ghost, I, we briefly talked about it, uh, her story is kind of... Rushed. Rushed, but... Because of the fact that she doesn't die means that they can expand on this. So yeah. that is kind of the biggest plus about her not dying. It's like, okay, they can keep using this character and go off from there. Mm-hmm. And then the other rush thing was the mom. Like, she's just like, here's a mom. Here's all her family stuff. And here's why she's great. And now she has quantum realm powers that we aren't going to explain. Yeah, that was my <laughs> biggest issue with the film. It's Hank Pym goes like into the quantum realm finds his wife oh i've evolved okay <laughs> yeah just they're just like accept this is fact it's evolution and it's super vague Watch so they don't have to say like how she's evolved just like yeah when i do things it's just i can do it and then yeah. she they go back into our realm and she touches ghost with her et fingers <laughs> <laughs> and cures her and cures her and it's just like as an audience we're just supposed to go like, like oh, okay, oh okay sure that happened <laughs> it was weird yeah it seems like they weren't 100 percent sure how they were gonna wrap it up so it was like fuck is she she fixes ghost yeah. that's how that ends and then like ghost and uh lawrence lawrence fishburne it looks like they go into hiding yeah but at the yeah. very end of the movie it shows that they're still like trying to help her trying to help her and yeah communicate like with they them. sent paul rudd back into the quantum realm to get more like particles to try and help ghosts maybe like it's did they not say like, it was for ghosts yeah yeah I just thought when they were getting. When he was like filling the little canister, he was. But I thought like, they were just getting that to have that for like other purposes. No, I don't know if they he said... specifically said mm. this is to help ghosts, okay. basically. Yeah. And to like help it makes me think ghost like ghost friend or something. It's not like, like a cure, but it's like there's treatment that so like keep mm. her alive longer and out of like not in pain. Her chemo. That's the way I a weird quantum realm chemotherapy. Yeah, those two were the biggest issues I had. Just the writing, like it, mm-hmm. a lot of it felt like weightless yeah it's like they had a goal of what they wanted to get to but they didn't know how to get there so they're just like this happens accept it they didn't have a lot of many points in between just two like goal posts and that was it the rest was just we'll figure it out along the way i particularly loved the scene of paul rudd impersonating michelle pfeiffer oh the sexual tension between paul rudd and michael douglas in that scene was <laughs> too much for you to handle it was i thought they were gonna kiss yeah. yeah that was the humor in this movie was up to bar with the first one i <laughs> yeah. think they that's something they do really well well paul rudd's really good at that like kind of awkward silence acting or it's just like mm. <laughs> <laughs> just like staring every at interaction with uh the fbi agent yes jim halpert yeah asian jim randall park that actor any other spoilers good movie would you recommend it Go i did see, see something in the uh reddit discussion thread that I guess Cassie is a hero, like, in the comics. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, cool. Like, she gets a, her own suit, eventually. Yeah. Which they were trying to, like, foreshadow, maybe, in that drive-in scene when she was like, I want to help people someday. Which, I don't know if they're ever going to go anywhere with that, but maybe it was just, like, a cute little Easter egg to the fact that she does 
become i think her name is like stature or something hmm, that's yeah. cool yeah. i that'd be weird if they planned that so far yeah ahead. i feel like they're not going to but it's just a fun easter egg yeah so. I, that's what a lot of it is like with the spider-man the miles morales yeah like easter egg like hey this is also a thing mm-hmm. and it shows like they're acknowledging their source material even if they can't expand on all of it i don't like how um wasp grew out her hair i like it i, I really hated like her haircut in the first one no because that movie came out the same year as jurassic world and shows the exact same haircut as bryce dallas howard uh. <laughs> so i don't know if that's just a haircut you like but i <laughs> i didn't like her hair then and i did i liked her hair when it was pulled back yeah when she just kept great. it and it was just nothing i was like why mm-hmm. it looks like she kept the bob cut but just didn't cut it yeah mm-hmm. particularly that michael pina uh, <laughs> When he did his, like, one story time yeah. sequence and, like... Oh, yeah. He was, like, referencing the fact, like, I had this haircut and then I didn't. <laughs> it was really funny. Yeah. I'm glad that they did, like, one huge version of that and not, like, yeah. keep doing it back to back. It was, like, a nice little, like, nod to the first one. Yeah. I oh. like that they got, like, the main characters involved in it. And, like, it was fun seeing them, like, impersonate his, like, speaking yeah. style. Hope talking like him. Oh, so- <laughs> she had the head snaps, like, perfectly. Yeah. Oh, God. I feel like this movie was a lot of fun for them to make. Like, they seem like they were, like, this, a lot of the scenes could have been really fun to shoot. Yeah. I like that it's just light and yeah. fun and it's hopeful. wholesome and heartwarming after Infinity War, which is definitely oh, what God. the Marvel Universe needs. Yes, they did it at the right time. Yeah. They knew what they were doing. Mm-hmm. And now we got six or seven month gap before Captain Marvel, which mm-hmm. is no Marvel movies. Captain Marvel comes out in... Late February, early March. I think it's March. Yeah, or I think it's early March. Yeah. So we got we got a while. Yeah. We got a while, so enjoy the movies while you can. Mm-hmm. All right. Do you want to rate it before we put Rob yeah. back on? I'd give it a seven. Not amazing. I, de- I had issues with the stories, and I wish there was more things that happened in the movie. It, like I said, mm-hmm. it felt kind of weightless, and it was just kind of like you were drifting through the movie. But it was enjoyable. It was funny. Don't think I was bored throughout the entirety of it. But yeah, seven. That's where I'd give it. Carlos? give it an eight what would you rate that first one just for reference because i think i gave the first one like a five i did not like the first one that much when it first came out now that you've rewatched it what would you rate it probably six so you like the second one better only slightly because i don't like origin movies okay i don't like how long it takes for them to finally get to the point and i like that this one just like you're doing it and like you already have so much to go off of with civil war and him being on house arrest like there's already reasons for this story to be happening Mm -hmm. whereas origin stories it's always like okay what why can we make the person do xyz Carlos. Can you give it an eight? eight? Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> what did you think of the first one, though? I liked it a lot. I'd give that one an eight, too. Okay. <laughs> so, pretty consistent. Pretty Good solid. job, Ant-Man. I'd probably give it, like, a six and a half, seven. Some of the plot elements were weak to me, and they were less impressive, like, shot quality, I guess. I don't so know. So, you like the first one better? A little bit better, yeah. Not by much? I'd give it, like, a seven, seven and a half. Okay. They're not amazing movies, but they're definitely fun and enjoyable, and I'd watch them again. They're solid. Dope. So that'll do it for the AMA discussion. I'm also going to call it again on chess. Rob has won two weeks in a row. You didn't want to spend you didn't want to spend the next ten minutes just dancing around the board? No. <laughs> Come on. It's so great. <laughs> uh, so that'll do it for this week. Thanks for listening. Uh, next week, like so, we'll probably be going over Luke Cage Season 2. Hey. So make sure you're, you guys watch that. Uh, the second half of Drake with Tyler, because I'm sure he'll be much more passionate about the production and the different features on the second half. And Raja, happy birthday. Of course. I think that Bo Berman movie is also coming out this week, so we may be seeing that. Is that this week? Ooh, I believe that, it comes out this so weekend. so good. Eighth grade. 
Yeah. So if we can see that, we'll probably touch on that next episode as well. Anything else you guys want to? Who won? Rob, I just said. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, okay, yeah, that'll do it. Thanks for listening. Go to our Twitter, chess underscore talk. See the dog pictures that Brittany sometimes posts. Go to our iTunes. Give us a rating. Go to our website, chesstalk.podbean.com. Check us out on whatever you listen to podcasts on. Pet your dog. Tell your milkman about us. Tell your friends. Tell your mom. Tell your mom's friend. Tell the PTA. That's it. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye.